Now, in the studio with me, with uh, a tan, uh, which has come from lying on the beach in Turkey in direct defiance of all the rules in relation to lying out in the sun, is our regular doctor, much missed last week, Dr. Kira Kelly from Greystones, where the sun definitely isn't shining, Kira. I was there this morning at half past nine. Oh, well, what were you doing there at half past nine? <laughs> I was dropping my gun, uh, grandson off at the golf club. Oh, very good. under Leinster under-13s competition. Very something. good. No, you're right. The sun was not shining. It was miserable. Yeah, I have to tell you, it is the worst signposted golf course in the world. Actually, it's almost hidden, isn't it? it it's yeah. tucked away up a, up a little side street sort of um, thing. Yeah, and particularly when your sat-nav takes you to the opposite end of the town. All right, it's the Right Hook Health uh, Checkup. Your questions to 53106. Kira will deal with them all, except with the ones I'm dealing with. Straight away to question one. Now, I wouldn't have worried about this 37-year-old male at all. He's a bit of a pain on the left side of his chest. But he's coughing up phlegm. Now, that worries me, no? Look, there's lots of reasons why this guy, he's, he says he's got a pain in the left side of his chest and he's coughing up thick. Which, sorry, which side is your heart? Your heart is also on the left, but, oh. but that's probably not significant here. So don't worry about, don't worry about your heart, listener. Um, he's coughing up thick white phlegm and he's getting kind of tightness and, and pressure on the left side of his chest. There could be a plethora of reasons why he has this that we're not going to go into. He needs to go and get himself a chest x-ray and he needs to get himself probably a bit of spirometry, both of which, which is basically you, you blow into something, George, um, both of which can be arranged by his GP and we'll see what is going on. He doesn't say if he's a smoker or not, so so we don't know right. that. Okay. But we need to have a little, we need to do some investigations. It's not normal to get chest pain and it's not normal to be bringing up phlegm all the time. So exactly. there's some kind of a reason. At his tender age, it's probably nothing too too worrying, but I would suggest he goes and gets some right. investigations. Done. Interesting, you talk about going chest X-ray. My generation, when TB was rampant, there used to be all these trucks going around the country, mobile. Uh, really? T- yeah, I did not know that. No, I did not know that. No, but yeah. I, I am very youthful, you see. Yeah. Mobile, although the holiday hasn't done you any good, it, like, I mean, you're, you look very tired. Were you dancing all night? That's charming, George. Thanks very much. I'm glad, I'm glad I made the effort to brush my hair. Um, yeah, there was a bit of dancing. There all was right. a little bit of dancing. Anyway, um, yeah, they had these mobile chest x-rays and they go around the country. And you go in to get your chest x-rayed in a truck. Uh, we should point out that we're not really considering TB in this in this listener. So just in case he's worried by okay. your by your allusion to that, um, uh, probably not TB, but possibly something along okay. the lines of asthma. Question two is addressed George and Kira, but I'm passing it to George. I'm 59 and I use Viagra three times a week. Are there any health risks? You're bloody lucky, I would have said, isn't he? Isn't he lucky? That's not what he's asking us, though. And I know, I know where you love to bring these questions about Viagra. Is there any health risk? No, probably not. If he's not, you know, if he doesn't interact with other of his medications or whatever. Actually, Viagra was in the news today. I don't know if you saw there was an article in the Mirror um, stating that our, our our bill for Viagra is very high, and that it was written by a, a psychosexual uh, psychologist who suggests that we might be papering over the cracks in people's relationships. Rubbish. 
more than four out of five men with erectile dysfunction, it's physical, it's not psychological. And that, that to me is pure looking for business for the psychosexual counsellors. Absolutely, some fella comes in here and says... It's nothing to do with their... Only, only the minority of people have psychological... It's, it's circulation it is what it is. It just doesn't work. It's circulation, George. It doesn't George. work. Um, look, anyway, if, if he's otherwise fit and well and healthy yeah. and not on drugs that interact with Viagra, look, enjoy he's yourself. Lucky. Enjoy he, yourself. He's, he's lucky. But don't you... Can't you, if you use Viagra, can't you get a blue tinge around things or something? Is that right? When you look at something, there's a blue tinge around it, no? Well, well, no. You obviously let, have let, no experience of Viagra. <laughs> uh, question three. I have a fungal nail infection on my toe. Tried all over the counter remedies. Not worked. What can I do? You can get prescription remedies. Um, I would always go for topical, first of all, because the oral antifungals, you have to be on them for up to a year, really. And they're not great, you know, on your system and on your liver and all that kind of stuff. Oral for your toe? Oral medication, like an oral antibiotic, but it's an oh, oral I thought antifungal. You like no, the lovely are, Ingrid to kiss your toe. No, there are like there are there are paint on things a bit like nail varnish that are on that are on prescription as well. Um, important to keep the toenails short and important to not let them thicken too much to see, so keep them filed thin. You know where they kind of they kind of thicken and heap up. They don't. Like if you're looking at my nails, they're flat and thin. Fungal nails are often much thicker, maybe half a centimetre thick. Sorry, I made a mistake there now. I automatically assumed when I said on my toe that it was on his toe, not his fingernails. He said a fungal nail infection. On his toe? On his toe, yeah. So file the nails down thinner, keep them short, paint the topical stuff on and let lots of air at your feet. Question. Yes. It is true, though, that as you get older, it's harder and harder to cut your own toenails. Totally. You're absolutely right. And a lot of people do end up neglecting their foot care because they can't reach their feet. Correct. Um, but if you are somebody who can't reach your feet, you need to start attending a chiropodist or a podiatrist because though you need to look after your feet because your feet can cause you real problems know, down the line. I don't know why these people are ringing up worry and well, what about if you were me, couldn't reach your toenails and have erectile dysfunction? Sure, I, no wonder, I think I'd you sent it. in these first two queries to be perfectly <laughs> uh, frank. Male twenty-eight, acute urticaria, yep. taking. Telfast daily for a few years. Works well enough. Never got to the cause of the allergy. Is there a problem taking Telfast for that long? Not necessarily. Urticaria, George, um, for want, the lay, the lay term is hives. Do you know hives? You know when someone gets hives on the oh, skin? Yeah. yeah, a little kind of a white spot and then a red area around it and fierce itchy. And they are usually allergic to something, but we don't always know what. Um, lots of people suffer for them, suffer with them rather. And you should, in fact, take antihistamines if you do, because otherwise you'll be driven demented. And Telfast is, is a quite a good one for urticaria. Um, look, kind of needs must here. Ideally, nobody would be on medication, but if you're going to be plagued with itchy hives without it, you might as well stay on it. Isn't this the point? The lovely Ingrid always says to me that every medication has a side effect. Most medications do. But by and large, if the medication is fixing the main problem, you should really be taking it. It's never the most. Every medication has a kind of a risk-benefit ratio, okay? In this case, the the risk of Telfast is, is pretty low, there's nothing really going to be happening that's very bad for the person taking it. And if the benefit is, is that they're not driven demented with big itchy hives all over them, then they're probably better off to take it.
Now, this is something I know about, but I bow to your greater knowledge. He had tennis elbow in both forearms, the poor fellow. Went to hospital, given course of anti-inflammatories. Anti-inflammatories don't really work, in my experience. Six months later, had a second course. Uh, still have mild stuff in his arms. It was caused by too much keyboard and mouse at work. Um. If you have really bad tennis elbow, and tennis elbow is as if you're looking at your elbow, there's a, if you hold your arm out straight, there's a bony bit on either side of your elbow, you can kind of feel it. They become acutely tender and very painful and certain move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't lift a cup of tea up. Exactly. And it's very painful. And, you, you know, we use our arms constantly. So it's a huge debilitation for people. You can get injections. You can get steroid injections in, into t- for tennis elbow that might help in this guy's case because he's already had two courses of... Um, I think steroids is your only man. Steroids uh, can be used here. He may need a bit of physio or other stuff too, but he definitely needs something because he shouldn't be going on. And the problem for this guy is he probably does have a repetitive strain thing because if he works with a computer and is using his mouse all the time that's clearly making but, but it worse. But what about the little kind of rubbery kind of things that you put next to the keyboard? I've seen people do it and they rest. The, the wrist rests and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, there are things you can get that will actually support wrists or support elbows so that okay. the strain is lesser on them and he may need to do something like that ergonomically to try and support his okay. arm but I think he may be looking at steroids. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, but he has tinnitus. <laughs> that has nothing to do with a tennis elbow, surely. Now have tinnitus in both ears. No, I don't think they're related. <laughs> no, no, no. He probably from Cork and he hears the bells of Shandon in his ear. How lucky he is. Now, blood pressure, 80, 50, uh, this poor child. 29 females. She's been feeling dizzy. Uh, what about this? Is that the low blood pressure? Very likely it is. 80, is 80, 50 low? 80 on 50 is very low blood pressure. Really? So this person probably when they stand up suddenly or, or when they get out of bed or whatever in the morning, everything spins around them because their blood pressure is not high enough for what they need to be doing physically. Um, simple, th- some people need medication for, for blood pressure, but most people don't if it's, if it's low. 29 now is girlless. Salt. Salt? Yeah. Salt is not bad for you. Salt just raises your blood pressure. So if your blood pressure is normal, we don't want to raise it. And if your blood pressure is high, we certainly don't want to raise it. But if your blood pressure is low, salt. Put salt on your dinner and also make sure you're drinking adequate fluids so you have a proper volume in the body. And you may need to have something like um, sugary drinks to hand and stuff like that that you're going to have an ability to get some salt, sugar and fluid into you to maintain your blood pressure. I love salt on my potatoes. But salt on, more, more salt on her potatoes. Now, I've recently completed a course, the listener says, of five milligrams a day for eight weeks of the steroid Dianabol. I've completed post-cycle therapy. Where can I get my testosterone levels checked? Now, com- what's post-cycle therapy? This is actually a very interesting text. This is a woman, is it? Uh, I, I don't know which because they haven't said oh, which. I just assume from the word cycle but go on no All no right. I don't think that's anything to do with it alright this is very interesting to me and I'll tell you why George because if they were getting anabolic steroids through a doctor Sure, wouldn't the doctor be testing their steroid levels and their hormone levels and all of that? This strikes me as possibly somebody who's been taking anabolic steroids that they've been buying online. Are you serious? Yes, I am. Because otherwise, why don't they know where they can get their testosterone? Because if they're attending a doctor for a course of therapy... He'd do it. Exactly. So I would be quite concerned about this. This sounds oh. to me like somebody who's taking... There's very little, there are very few reasons why anybody needs anabolic steroids. Very few reasons. Now, there aren't no reasons, but there were few. 
So I don't know what's going on here, but I would suggest if this person was under the care of a medic, they wouldn't be texting the show. And what I would say to anybody out there is taking online steroids is dangerous. Um, you shouldn't be buying medication online because, you know, we just talked about risk-benefit ratios and the harm and the but side effects. just died last week, I saw in my newspaper. Of course you did. To taking stuff, buying stuff online. Exactly. Diet pills. Exactly. And diet pills are, are risky, but as are steroids. This person should go to their GP, should tell them what they've been doing and should there, at that stage, get tested for various things. I... I I think there's something going on here because if if they were getting their steroids and having their cycle done uh, through a doctor, I don't think they'd be texting the show. And we can't say it enough times. There are certain drugs that are particularly dangerous. Steroids are one of them. Okay. Uh, and buying them online is dangerous. That's positively Sherlock Holmes in your ability to spot that. That's just incredible. If you go for an annual mammogram for breast cancer and your family has a family history, are you now in trouble because the radiation's going to give you breast cancer? No, actually... This, says the listener. No, this show is all about risk-benefit ratio. If you are one of the unfortunate people who has a positive family history or maybe carrying a gene that makes it likely that you might be going to get breast cancer, you need to have annual screening. If you're one of that unfortunate group, then the benefit of screening outweighs the risk of mammograms. But what about the film star who chopped her breast? Well, she didn't chop them off. She had them Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Well, had, should people with a family history consider that, uh, that then? Not not a general family history necessarily, but BRCA gene carriers, people oh. who have the BRCA gene, which puts you at extraordinarily high risk of breast cancer, often do opt to have what's called a prophylactic mastectomy, which means they don't have cancer, but they have mastectomies anyway to stop the possibility of cancer developing. How uh, psychologically difficult is it for a woman to lose her breasts? Very is it? Yeah, of course it is. Um, and that's why, bear in mind that if you do have have a, uh, are, are genetically predisposed to breast cancer and decide to do that, most women George, will go on and have a reconstruction. And reconstructions now are very good because the cosmetic industry has sorted things out and made it very good. But uh, I think it's important to bear in mind that this is a big decision for someone to take and they would take it in conjunction with uh, a breast surgeon and an oncologist. This one is really good. Please advise us, because I'm really worried about this. Our mother, 58, has been two different GPs in the same practice. Ten times in the last two weeks. Between them, uh, we are convinced that they cannot diagnose what she has. She can't sleep, is vomiting, feeling nauseous, has reacted badly to the colour of prescribed tablets, and has bad itchy rash in her arms. She's now losing weight quite quickly. So we're worried. So would I be. This is another one. Losing weight quickly is one of the most worrying symptoms you it can is. have. It is. And sometimes there are sinister causes for losing weight quickly. But bear in mind, this person has been to the doctor. If they've been 10 times in two weeks, they've been every single day yes. to one or other doctor in this yes. practice who don't seem to be going bananas about this. I'm wondering, is the mum suffering with anxiety? It's very strange to react to the colour of a tablet. This woman also can't sleep. She's got poor appetite. I'm wondering if she's suffering from acute anxiety. Are you are you trying to defend the profession here and assuming like that the two doctors are great and just... Well, I, couldn't they just be incompetent, no? I would be surprised, George, truthfully, because the standard of general practice in this country is pretty good. I mean, there's okay. no two ways about Sorry. it. I would be surprised that if there was something glaringly obvious physically wrong with this woman, that two doctors would miss it, having the woman presented every every single day okay. for two weeks. I mean, that doesn't right. make sense to me. No, no. Now, now, obviously, 
if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And we, we have very little to go on here on the show. This woman probably does need a set of bloods and a physical examination and stuff like that to outrule anything else. But it strikes me as there, there's two things there. But is she, there she not can't a, sleep. All right. And she reacted to the colour of a tablet. That all right. But odd. is there not a failure in communication then? Would you not accept that? That somebody should be telling the family, look, you know. You see, you've, you've, you've nailed it. The woman is 58. The family are entitled to know nothing. So the only communication the doctors are actually allowed oh. make is with the mother. She is not a minor and she is not, by the sounds of things, incapacitated. So they have no ability to talk to the family at all. So I would suggest that the doctors are talking to the mother and that the mother is feeding a certain amount of information to the family okay. and that the family are kind of in the dark and obviously very worried. So that's that's a trickier sort of story again, Sherlock, I th- than yeah. would, I think I think that's quite uh, a complicated value. Yeah, I think that's a very complicated oh, story. Okay. Okay. Can a nine year old get groin strength? Occasionally, you do see nine-year-olds, you know, if they're doing gymnastics or whatever, because some of them do kind of very um, elaborate, sporty things where they're throwing themselves around doing cartwheels. But I wonder who's diagnosed them with with, with groin strain. It strikes me as maybe one of the parents that this 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 little kid is getting pain. Maybe well, the parent is saying, "How how are you sure it's groin strain?" I mean. Which means we haven't been maybe examined. But you just rest, don't you, really? No? Well, if you have groin strain, what you would do is you would rest and you might take some anti-inflammatories. Even children take norofen or what have you. you know, do they? Oh, yeah, they do. Right. But I, I'm slightly concerned just that maybe this child needs to be checked just in case it isn't a groin strain, just in case that it's an appendicitis or something like that that's being missed. You know what I mean? Mm. Pain low down, top of, the, top of the right leg. Maybe the parents are going, oh, groin strain, and actually it's an appendix. I think... Is your, how is your appendix done by your groin? Is it? Your appendix is sort of a, roughly speaking, just above and All slightly right. in okay. from your right hip. Okay. Hey, listen, I'd be jumping up and down if I was this fella. He has a lump on his left testicle. The doctor said it was a cyst, but he's had it a few months. If you have a cyst, you're not cut it out or something? No? Not necessarily. Um, I always think... How old is this guy? Do we know? Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Um, it may well be a cyst because some cysts are barn door obvious and the doctor will look and say, that's a cyst. Don't worry about it. How long will it last? It might last forever because cysts don't always uh, resolve themselves. Sometimes they'd have to be removed. But they'd be being removed largely for cosmetic reasons if they are uh, just a regular sebaceous cyst with no problems. Uh, in my rule of thumb, most young men I see, unless it's, as I say, extremely obvious that it's a cyst, if they have any kind of scrotal lumps, I tend to scan them with an ultrasound. Yeah. Because I like, it's, it's, I like to be sure to be no, sure. it's pretty scary, isn't it? What about the incidence of testicular cancer? Is it high? It's it's one of the, the higher male cancers, but no, it's not hugely high. It tends to be, that's why I was wondering what age this guy was, it tends to be a cancer of younger men rather than older men. Okay. In the same way, prostate is of older men, not younger men. But it's funny, a New Zealand rugby player I knew was a kid and he was playing rugby and he got kicked in testicles Ooh. and he didn't do anything about it, you know, and it swelled up and all that sort of thing and he didn't tell his parents or anything. But he became impotent as a result because he didn't tell anybody about it. I wonder... You have to be careful. My only point is you have to be careful of your testicles, don't you? Except in fellas my age, it doesn't matter. But like You do. I, largely speaking, just as a broad rule of thumb, yes, you should look after them. And, and, and here's the thing that is quite interesting. I, I remember several years ago meeting a young patient who had lost a testicle because his testicle had twisted on itself you know yeah, the way they, yeah. on the epididymis it had twisted and he didn't tell his parents and by the time he told his parents and went to hospital it was too late to save the testy so if you are young men out there who are listening to us now if you are having testicular pain 
go and get it checked. It's unbelievable that young men who use the most foul-mouthed phrases get all iffy about saying testicle, isn't it really? Well, I think they're probably embarrassed and I yeah. think I think sort of teenage lads aren't used to going to the GP and maybe aren't comfortable about always telling their parents what's going on no, but, or whatever. It, but it's funny like I, you know it was different when you know you had to go to confession if you had a pain in your testicles but I mean nowadays you automatically assume <laughs> that all these kids I don't think that was ever the teaching of the that, church George I should point out <laughs> that all these kids you know are quite relaxed about this stuff it surprised me uh, testicular oh, yeah. lumps and pains in young men be should, be, should be yeah, yeah go right. and see somebody is this true no sense of smell since my second pregnancy eight years ago. Yeah, that it'll could never be true. come back. No, no. Why do you lose your sense of smell? It's it's a very rare thing, but it's to do with um, your pituitary gland, which is in your brain, George, and uh, problems in labour, and basically the nerve that feeds your nose. Really? Yeah, it's it, it's one of those very rare complications of actually having a baby, and it is very rare. Will it come back? No. Is the sense of smell like? It's not, it, it, when I say is it important, like if you can't smell your dinner, it doesn't really matter much, does it? Taste and smell are really strongly linked. So if you have a poor sense of smell, your ability to enjoy your food oh. is actually reduced, which is kind of a big deal because, you oh, know, yeah. people in, enjoying your food is one of the simple pleasures of life. So, yeah, yeah. it is an awful shame for, for this yeah. woman, but no, it's not coming back. And when you're like me, you have no other pleasures, you might as well eat. I'd say you've far too many pleasures. Now, Mary is on. She's 60, right? I'd say to Mary, aren't you great? You're 60. She's a pain between the shoulder blades. So, like, doesn't that just happen when you're 60? No, no, no. no? Let's, let's try and find out why Mary has her pain. There's lots of different reasons. You're, you're, you, you kind of, there's, with this discussion on Mondays, you kind of escalate everything. No, to, my, to kind of my job, I'm like a mechanic. My job is if you come to me and your indicator isn't turning on, I want to find out why. But do you not get pain when Whereas you're Whereas you 60? want to just accept that the indicator is banjaxed. No, but do you not get pain when you're 60? Isn't why why specifically it? between your shoulder blades? That's right. what we should want why? to know. Well, it could be that it's upper back pain and that could be caused by, you know, she could be doing something that could be causing that. She could be somebody who, who stacks shelves or something. Right. But let's suppose she's not. Other things that might give you pain between your shoulder blades, for example, are things like esophagitis, which is where you get inflammation in your esophagus because you have acid reflux from your stomach. So that's another reason why you might get pain in that area. Because bear in mind, back pain most commonly is low back pain, you know, in the small of your back or neck pain is common too. But mid back pain in between your shoulder blades tends to be more unusual. So this woman probably should go and have a chat with a GP, may need a back x-ray, may need to have a a, a trial of some kind of medication which might be to do with anti-inflammatories if the GP thinks that it's it's back pain. You've given away (laughs) anti-inflammatories five times, even to children on this programme. The children with the groin strain, not just any old children, but it it may be that what she actually needs is an antacid and no anti-inflammatories because this could be to do... With reflux. Yes, exactly. So there's different things... Listen, George, our job here, your job here and my job here is to get to the bottom of things no, for people. No, my job is to it's ensure to that you're not over-prescribing, over-panicking, calling no for one ambulances is, No one is panicking. Sort of no one is panicking. Our job here, George, is to help people. We're doing it. We I'm are, but, but you down. keep saying, you know, everything's grand. Say a prayer. <laughs> You have a terrible low opinion of saying a prayer in relation to medicine. I do, yes. And you're wrong. No, well, there may be a placebo. You could, you have a point. 
Absolutely, I have a point. How the hell do you think witch doctors and all these guys survived for centuries? You don't think the thing they were rattling actually had any effect? No, I don't, surprisingly. It was a placebo effect. Well. So, therefore, if you believe that Blessed Martin de Porres or St. Anthony or whoever will reduce the pain and the pain reduces, I'm all for it. Okay. And St. Anthony doesn't charge 65 quid for a visit. Right hook discount, 55. All right. Uh, I missed something here. Oh, yeah. I had up and down scope. Do you know what he's talking I about? I do. They mean that they've had a colonoscopy and they've had uh, an OGD. They've had it a was co- clear. Yeah. Okay. But he still has blood in the stool and it's evil smelling with lots of mucus. Yeah, I find this one strange because it's unusual to have blood in the stool without a cause. Now, the cause can be, as we've often covered on the show, as mild as hemorrhoids, right? So, but usually, Half the population yeah, suffer from but hemorrhoids. But usually when you've had the scopes, someone will tell you you're bleeding because you're hemorrhoids. Because the doctor, what, what kind of doctors give you colonoscopies? Usually either gastroenterologists or surgeons, All right. either. So your man had to look up there yeah. anyway, didn't he? Yeah. With his periscope. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, he did. Didn't he? <laughs> he did. Not so quite. surely he'd say, do you have hemorrhoids? Well, he th- that's that's the thing here. He's been told he's clear, but he hasn't been told why. And he also has mucus, which makes me wonder what exactly is what going What exactly on. is mucus, then? Mucus is like slimy, snotty stuff. You know, like... What? In the thing, in the stuff. Yes. This is getting disgusting. Ingrid is putting on the most amazing dinner of her quarter past seven. Yeah, but he has to ring up and say, listen, Doc. Do you know what? A report will have been sent from the guy. Yeah. And he obviously doesn't really know what's been found. He's been told he's clear, but he doesn't know why. He may just have irritable bowel, although irritable bowel shouldn't make you bleed. The point is this is... Irritable bowel is quite serious. I mean, it's it's quite debilitating. Well, it can be, but it's manageable, yeah. George, for people. Um Here's the thing. He needs to find out what exactly is going on. I would suggest yeah. he goes in and sees his GP, makes an appointment and discusses the results oh. of the scopes. Can 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 this child, his daughter, can she be allergic uh, to alcohol? She comes out in bruises and all that sort of thing. She has had glandular fever and shingles. I read that and he, you know what, a girl who appears with multiple bruises after drinking alcohol and he says, oh no, it's not from falling. Could she be allergic? There is no connection between being allergic to alcohol and having bruises. It's far more likely that she is injuring herself when she's drinking. Um, what she should do though to outrule there being some other weird and wonderful thing is she should go and have some blood tests to check her, her platelet levels and stuff like no, that. No. Well done, Sherlock. Well done. I mean, you've you've looked at three ordinary questions and drawn very important conclusions. I I saw the word black and blue bruises and an alarm went off my head. Yeah. Anyway, it's great to have you back, although we had a fabulous doctor in your stead last Monday. and uh, But you're welcome back from your holidays in Turkey home safely. And uh, Kira will be back next Monday, round about this time.